Welcome everyone to Inspiring Neighbors Podcast. I am Trevor Dorham and joining me is Angela Solano. Hi Angela. Happy to be here. So today we're calling episode zero uh, and that is because we wanted to do a test run with each other. The first test run is today and that's me interviewing Angela. And then our next episode will be Angela interviewing me and that gives everybody a chance to get to know us. But before we get started, I wanted to play something that I previously recorded Angela saying and that is her thoughts and goals for this podcast. And after she said it, I was kind of blown away. I had no idea how to better it. So without further ado, here it is. When we find a person is highly successful at something, whether that means becoming a millionaire or billionaire or building an industry or having a position of power or leadership, um, that they get asked lots of questions about their opinions, about their journeys, about their lessons that they've learned. And it feels like they're, what they have to say about these things is important because of what they have accomplished. And it's easy, it's hard to relate to their stories. And it's easy to think that these are superhuman beings, you know, even in the best cases when they do inspire us and to think that we could never live up to what they've done um, or they have yeah, some, some kind of amazing skills, regardless, even if they're telling us otherwise, it's, it's just hard to separate those things because we can't relate to their lives. And when we talk to everyday people, we find actually they have remarkable stories as well and they have learned lessons and they have gone through hardships and they have they have inspiring things to tell us and it's much i find much more interesting to listen to those stories because you can relate to them and relating to them is not simply oh i have a lesson that i can learn here which is part of it but there's also i have my own lessons to share and i have my own life that i'm living and it is meaningful and it is you know, it is interesting and it is valuable. And yeah, and all of that, I think, is is very inspiring. Let's talk to our neighbors, because everyone can inspire. The Inspiring Neighbors Podcast Light Your Fire. I'm so happy you said yes. Uh, how could I say no, Trevor? <laughs> I don't know. I like thought of it in the car as we were driving and I said, to Laura, the best person for this is Angela. But we had just been like trying to organize a get together with you. And I know how busy you were. So I was like, no, in my head, she's going to say no. But what the hell, I'll send it out there just to see. And I was so happy when you responded like, see. and you were excited too. You just have to put energies out there. I think I, you're right. I literally, um, you said, you know, like how busy, like how much time do you, I think that's how you started. And I was pretty much ready to say, I mean, I'm pretty full, <laughs> you know, in my, in anyways, we'll get into that, but <laughs> whether I'm really full or it's just in my head, but I was like, oh, you know, it's going to be a struggle. But I was really curious about what you were up to because you're always up to something. And so I had to say, well, let me know what it is. And then... It's just like an excuse to chat with you and people seems like something I love to do. So plus I always joke about doing a podcast, but I would never actually do it. So the fact that you're willing to take this on and then the I joke has manifested, presumably get to, yeah, <laughs> presumably get to uh, show up and, and be part of it. 
to answer your question about why I chose you, here's the thought process I had. I needed a female perspective. I figured if this was two men, it would be a very unbalanced conversation, I thought. Uh, especially when we get to like emotional topics. I wanted somebody very intelligent, uh, somebody who could challenge me and my crazy ideas. And somebody, I, the only word I have for it is woke. <laughs> <laughs> to quote the kids. I don't know. It's not a bad word these days. But <laughs> no, but I feel like I have, as you know, for the last couple of years, been doing a lot of work internally. And I have, I will just say, a new level of awareness. And I think you are right there with us. And you're the first person I go to when I'm talking about things like um, my existential crisis that seems to be ongoing. So it just seemed like you were the perfect fit. And you have an ability to bring light to all the situations that I've ever been in. So that's why I chose you. I really appreciate the the compliment and, and the opportunity because I think I think it'll be fun anyway to try it out I think so too I think we'll have fun another reason I chose you is because you seem to have the exact same thoughts as me <laughs> as I was Balance. writing these down mm -hmm. I thought I hope she asked me some of these back <laughs> well, that so maybe that's selfish of me <laughs> <laughs> we both had some anxiety going into this mm -hmm. and I'll go first the state of our house I'm not proud of and that you had to walk through like outside for the listeners outside of this room is a living room or playroom I'll call it filled with enough toys to make probably 300 children happy and we have only three children so we have a hundred times the amount of toys that we need so I felt anxious about walking through the house what I will say is um, it's easy to tell how much love I have for someone based on how hard I work to clean the house before <laughs> said person arrives. And I have been going since Monday. So, like, we're on day five of me trying to get the house no. ready. The, the studio I'm calling <laughs> it is the extra the bedroom in our house. The studio is beautiful. Thank this you. Is... I yeah. put a lot of effort into it. It's still not perfect, but it's coming. I was just telling Laura that what I'm telling myself to ease my anxiety about it is uh, I just feel like I'm playing dress up and definitely the studio makes me feel like let's pretend that we are podcast people and <laughs> because because it's a very legit space. I feel like it's like, you know, when you go to a tour like a recording studio yeah. and then you get to like take the photo at the place where people work. That's where I feel I am. Perfect. So, so we could open this up, put some glass and in the future have people tour our studio yep. which means i would have to clean up the toys for 300 kids before i open it up right but it, i am so grateful that i'm coming to your place and you're not coming to mine because that same level it's like as i was walking away it's like oh yeah good thing it's not I always here have that thought. because but the thing like what i always feel is you have three children and a dog that it, this is what I love about coming over. It's like the chaos. Okay, <laughs> I that mean makes that me in the good. best way. Like it's like this is such a like alive, fun, you know, always so much happening house, and there's always so many, um, so much energy. So um, 
I love it. I love I love all that. I'm not looking at like how clean anything is. That and, makes me feel better. And uh, you know, definitely, I would not make the. I don't have the same excuses for myself. It's just nah, eh, didn't get around to it. You know. I'm glad you said that. It made me think of something. We get uh, we order coffee beans from a place just outside of Calgary. Um, and the guy who comes every time he comes, one of our kids answers the door while Laura and I are off doing something who knows what. But what happens is like Noah, our two-year-old, will open the door. The guy will kind of stand there with a blank look on his face like, who do I give this coffee to? And then Toby, our dog, comes sprinting out, runs out the door, jumps on him. He's, and it's just like pure chaos every time he comes here. I come possibly in my underwear. I'm like grabbing Toby, <laughs> trying to drag him in. Uh, one time Toby's ear got pinched between my hand and the collar. So he kind of yelped. And the guy looked at me like, why are you doing Dog that? Dog Yeah. Should I call someone? <laughs> so then I was like, oh, sorry, Toby. For anyone listening, I don't say? abuse my dog. <laughs> he didn't reply. He gave me the silent treatment. But... Anyways, this guy, every time I feel like just sees the complete chaos. If you were to freeze our life in time, that's what he sees every time. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Five days is wasted. I'm not worth it. You can't even tell. <laughs> I did it. I, so I cleaned Monday. I like tidied mm -hmm. with air quotes. And then Laura came home with the kids from, she was at her mom's house all day. Mm -hmm. And she had all this stuff because they're trying to clean out their house. And it looked within probably 35 seconds, it looked like it before I had started. So I kind of lost motivation after Monday, but I did keep working. I wanted to ask you what was making you anxious. What was making me anxious as I kind of messaged you today is that kind of there's a road that I've gone down thanks to you and Laura and the kind of... Uh, you know, direction they guys have pointed me to and, you know, the books you've shared and the, the lessons you've learned and shared with me, um, that has made a huge difference in kind of like my life and my mindset. And, and sometimes, uh, if, you know, you, I kind of get busy and don't think about it for a while, it feels like I'm further away from that mindset. Uh, but it's like, there's a core that, that is permanently changed. I, I feel that I, and I, re I look at like my daily um, kind of choices and way that I approach things. And there's a delta there that has stayed through. And so anyways, I, I really appreciate you. And so I, you know, you were my coach in this, uh, in this journey. And uh, so more than just as a friend, like I, I want to make you proud, you know, I, I don't uh -huh. want you to feel like, uh, like I, like I, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to let you down. So that that's 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 my anxiety, and so there, there's a there's a like there's a disconnect between oh to do this it has to be like fun and casual and I have to take it like it's no big deal, and then there's the like but this matters a lot to Trevor and he wants it you know to be <laughs> to be everything like uh, that it should be and and so do I. So anyways, that that's that's the, where the anxiety is, is in that delta of like if I think about that too much then i'm too anxious about uh i've never done this before why would i be good at this you know that kind of thing um yep. and if i am too casual then it's like oh no no this is a serious thing i should <laughs> be more um yeah so you either care too much or too little first of all thank you for all the amazing things you said i want 
if I can remove that pressure from you, because honestly, I felt the same. Like, I hope I don't let Angela down. I've asked her to drive all the way down here from across the city um, to make this amazing podcast. And I'm like trying for days to figure out the recording stuff and the microphones. And God knew it was not, it was way more complicated than I expected. So I think we both put a lot of pressure on ourselves. That's probably a fair statement. Um, I know you well enough to say that, that we both have a lot of pressure that we've put on ourselves. Um, so maybe throughout this, we can lighten that a little bit. So I would like it to be very casual. I would say don't, don't ever be worried about being too relaxed because I think we should be very relaxed. There's something I like about, um, you know, maybe I've, we talked about this before, but this idea that like you're either your body's either high energy or low energy. There's just two energy states. And then we interpret emotions from there. And uh, that's based on like how we just interpret the events. And so when you're feeling like high energy and you're in a certain mindset, you're, you'll think you're nervous or, you know, you're yeah. scared or whatever. Um, but the same feeling, you the same like physical feeling you can interpret as, as being excited. So that's what I was... Uh, thinking coming you know it's like i feel excited it's not nervous but you know, yeah i know what you mean shift back like it's a good excitement yeah, yeah. If, like the, the other way is like when you feel that it's because you care like if you didn't feel that then yeah why are you doing it yeah i completely understand that okay so i'm gonna start us off with a few questions um before i get started i cheated a little bit so Angela Solano, that I know of, doesn't have a Wikipedia page. I was hoping I could find one. <laughs> and the closest I could get to Angela Solano Wikipedia page was Alex Solano. Oh, this makes a lot more sense. I was talking to Alex yesterday. So. Oh, I was going to ask you if she talked to you. I don't know, Okay. I think, what you're about to say, but anyways. So I reached, for anyone listening, Alex is Angela's wonderful sister. And I guess now is a good point to point out the relationship you two have is spectacular. I just feel like you guys cheer for each other so much. And I have three siblings. We're, of course, proud of each other. But it's not enough to say that Alex is proud of you and you're proud of Alex. It's, I don't know, it's next level. I don't know how you guys built this relationship. Um, probably kudos to your parents for helping you do that. I was talking to Laura about it even yesterday and she said the same thing. It's very, I don't know, inspiring is the word. I ate too much Chinese food before <laughs> this. I have a bit of like gas reflux or something. <laughs> no, they're good. Oh. Um, so having said that, I have some background info on you now. I asked Alex, um, give me the Wikipedia page for Angela. So she was very helpful. Uh, she loved the idea. <laughs> She's excited to hear this. Um, did she mention a podcast so to you? She, no, what, well, we hadn't caught up in a little bit. She has been traveling. So, uh, yesterday she called me though. And, uh, I wonder <laughs> if that was what the timing, uh, relationship was, but, 
along the catching up i said oh tomorrow i have and we're trying out the podcast uh with with trevor and kind of told her about the idea she acted completely like this was the first time she was hearing about it uh but i was saying yeah i'm trying to think like through like the questions that i'm gonna ask and and kind of the conversation we're gonna have and uh she just started like naming facts about you oh that's awesome (laughs) of like recent stuff that you've been up to and i was like oh i didn't know trevor was doing that and and i said like how do you know this she said oh you know we're catching up about some other stuff um and so i said oh okay i guess that that makes sense so she's like wikipedia for both of us yeah oh alex thank you alex for helping us (laughs) the connector yeah connector well, that's awesome. Let's see this Wikipedia. I can okay, fact so, check. Okay, so I'm not going to read. I'll read what she sent, mm-hmm. but I'll do it after at the end. Yeah, that's fine. Um, one question I had for you is you're the oldest sibling. How did that impact your level of responsibility that you put on yourself like as you grew up? Did you put a lot of responsibility on yourself being the oldest sibling? I think very big time yeah. and it, you know you say put it on yourself I don't know how much it's like I put it on myself or my parents put it on me and so on yeah okay so I was gonna say something like that uh about us mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about this because I have guilt parent guilt about Tommy is our oldest he's six mm-hmm. and he acts like he's 12 sometimes mm-hmm. uh, we'll be getting ready to go outside and I'll say something like just without even thinking like, Tommy, can you put Noah's shoes on for him? Mm-hmm. And then I think about it later in the day and I'm asking my six-year-old to dress my two-year-old to be ready to go outside. So Tommy, being the smart kid he is, he goes to Alexa and he says, Alexa, what's the wind chill outside? Aww. So that he knows what clothes he should be putting on himself and Noah. And then he'll peek outside and he'll see if it's wet, he'll put rain boots on. If it's not, he'll put shoes on. If it's sunny, he'll put sandals on. He'll take each other's socks off. And this is something I put, I say, I, we have put that on him. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm waiting for the guilt part to come in. <laughs> well, the guilt part is that, does he get to enjoy himself being six? What does it mean to enjoy yourself being sick? I don't know. I just like you hear people say, let them be a kid. Yeah. You only get to be a kid once, I, but, which I disagree with. But sorry, go ahead. True. No, and I was going to say like uh, as a kid, maybe it's not global, but I think most kids like you want to be grown up. You want to pretend you're grown up and act like grown up and do the things that grown ups do. That's so, true. I, yeah. So maybe he gets like this is like a way to feel you feel important i think i don't know and i i'm i'm not gonna speak for tommy here <laughs> so but this is good did you, you could, feel that you could interpret it differently but for me i never i never felt um like a bad thing uh, i'm trying to think uh if that's true it's very difficult for me to think of an example where it felt like a bad thing like there's a certain level of stress for sure but that stress feels like the same stress that I feel like I'm not comparing like equal, but like similar feeling as like taking care of my dog or taking care of my husband or taking care. Like when you're caring for things that you care about, it feels good. You feel, um, I don't know, like strong or like capable, I guess. Like there's, yeah. there's good feelings, like rewarding feelings that come from that. I, I've always actually thought the opposite, that that can be 
um, a negative thing for the younger siblings because they could be less independent, you know, depending on how, like, like I've heard stories, uh, I'm not speaking about Alex here. (laughs) (laughs) We're like just in the conversation, but no, I've I've heard stories about, um, adults, siblings where the, there's like a feeling that the younger sibling, it always feels a little like they need help, you know, or they need, uh, uh, they're just less independent, I think is the, is the, maybe the best word I can come up with in the moment. Uh, they're less independent and I'm, you know, feel like I'm expecting to be challenged on this and like, and people to disagree, but I've always been curious in that sense. I've never felt like, oh, poor older siblings. There's, there's like, well, like as older siblings, like I know we have like a martyr club (laughs) where we'll talk a big game about like, well, I had to like set the standard for my family and, you know, I had to fight all those first battles and then the younger kids got it early. But I think the the martyr conversation comes with pride like and and those two by the way i always kind of feel like i go together like you oh, okay. you're saying like oh i you know i had the short end of the stick kind of thing but at the same time you mean like at least i think there's a built-in foundation of i'm proud that i was able to do these things you know it's yeah. kind of like yeah like leading leading the pack is never that's <laughs> awesome that makes me feel better because then maybe hopefully Tommy I'm will feel that too. I'm amazed at Tommy, yeah. <laughs> he, it's like that's just the the tip of the iceberg on one he does. He'll like. Um, we have our youngest, who's seven months now. We'll put him in like a little bouncer or his little like relaxing chair, while we have to do something, and we'll just say, Tommy, can you like talk to Bennett for a bit? Just keep him happy, mm-hmm. and Tommy will sit for hours. And he'll like, he'll find something that makes him laugh, which is easy to do for Tommy. Like Bennett (laughs) is in love with Tommy and he'll just do that. He won't question it. He won't get bored. And he just finds so much joy in it. But then I go back to my own guilt thing. (laughs) Did I just get my six year old to babysit my kid for me? I I got, I got that. So I I just, I can only speak to it as a as a as a child and it it definitely was not a bad thing okay that's good and i think it's it's also like how like my parents spun it like they were never um like oh like this is a chore like for you to take care of your sister or this is like your responsibility now like it was never like it was literally the way that they told me you you know you're gonna have a sister was we got you a sister like <laughs> she's for you she's for you we like we got you a present yeah it's like it's like a toy like we won't be raising this girl <laughs> you will <laughs> welcome to your new uh doll yeah essentially um so and i think that that helped to put my friend of mind as like and and it was also you know i was old enough that i had been asking i guess for a sister or a sibling and yeah. so it kind of it lined up with their story that this is something we did what you wanted and then then i got to so yeah i think even um even little i don't remember but i heard stories about like you know i was helping with diapers or whatever it was um and i apparently i enjoyed it a lot there's like recordings of me just being annoyed that she was too little to play with me but Uh i think that's the only time that yeah that the that it mattered. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you're useless. Come on, grow up. <laughs> grow up. Come color with me. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. I see like Laura, my wife is also the oldest. And I see that um, 
in one of her groups of friends, she's often the person people go to if they need like, can you help me deal with this for me? Like, can you help me schedule this? Can you help me? Um, I don't know if we're at a hotel with this group of friends and something goes sideways, like we're missing something. Laura will be the person to go down to the lobby and talk to the counter and get it sorted out. <laughs> and there's like a, I don't know if Laura has done that because she grew up having that role. But it's definitely something I've seen people lean on her for, mm -hmm. probably because she's open to being leaned on for it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Do what do you, you, how do you think she, like, uh, has she mentioned or like, would maybe we should be interviewing her, but, <laughs> but, a, yeah. but do you think she carries that as like a weight or that's like a point of pride or is it maybe a little both? I think it's both. I think some days it weighs her down mm -hmm. because she's got four people at the same time needing something from her. Mm -hmm. But I think in general, and again, we have to interview her and remember this question, but I think in general, she carries it pridefully, as you said. Because that was kind of a role that she was born into. And, and I think it like just carries over to like life. It's like people are like, oh, I'm so busy at work. Like, you know, I'm involved in so many things. And you're saying that, in, but there's a little bit of both to that like there's a oh poor me and yeah. there's also like hey i'm i'm needed <laughs> yeah <laughs> look at a, all this stuff yeah. i'm doing it's like a a value i don't know what the word is but it builds value in yourself i guess artificially yeah it's very interesting okay um so you guys did a lot of traveling when you were young mm-hmm why why did you travel was it always just for fun were your parents like were they working is that why you moved yeah um yeah like when we moved my parents have um i guess they traveled for fun their whole lives um, okay but they've always been very intentional about like wherever we live we mostly travel around that area and uh kind of make the most of it because maybe from young in life they would move a lot so, you know, and from Colombia to Russia, and then it's like, well, might as well travel Europe if you're in Russia, that, that kind of thing. Um, so that they just carry that over to us. And so there's a, it's a combination of moving a lot, which, you yeah. know, relatively speaking, and then uh, traveling around the area that you are, because to you're both it. new to it. And also you think you might not be there forever. So it's, it's oh, a yeah. good uh, incentive to take a look around and, and you know. Uh, so yeah, we, we traveled a lot most, I guess say mostly for fun as for us as kids, it was always for fun. Of course. But sometimes my parents, uh, you know, there's a couple of times they had like a work opportunity or something. So we would go with them. I think for them it was. And you fun. enjoyed it in general. You like Loved the travel. It. Yeah. Do you yeah. think like you still travel quite a bit, don't you? Or you not recently? Uh, but... Well, not recently. <laughs> uh, but yeah, world. no, I, I do. It is still, uh, it, it's almost, um, hmm. It's like helps to measure the passing of time for me. Like it's like if I haven't traveled, like I can think of a year and like the trips that I took that year and it doesn't have to be many, but I mark time passing that way. If I, oh, I like that. if I'm kind of in one, like if I don't travel for the pandemic, right? Like two years plus the time in between trips feels like a blur. Like it's harder for me to differentiate. So it's one of the major ways that I mark time. It's like, oh, that's the year we went to this place. Okay. I know what you're saying because I've done that before. Like Laura and I were 
if we're trying to figure out how old we were during something, some event, we're like, oh, well, that was the day or that was the year we went to whatever, New Zealand. And we went to New Zealand in this year. And that's why that's how old we were. So Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Uh, Angela, I'm going to quote Alex. She said that Angela was a GPS before (laughs) they had a GPS, before GPS existed. So was that again part of like the role <laughs> of you taking of on? Role. I've got to get us around these places. But I think it's a little bit also of like I don't think of myself as a nerd. I wish I was a nerd. Like I, yeah, I never. I don't feel that. Yeah, it's a lot of qualities I wish I had. Like that I would think a nerd has. But but I did have that like uh, quality of like wanting to do work. I don't know. <laughs> wanting to do work is not a good way to label it. But wanting to to learn things maybe and to be useful and to do like uh being but i don't think that was i don't know it's very difficult to decouple it like was it expected of me or did i ask for it or it was both i think but yeah like my dad would need help navigating this is before google maps so he had the map and he had the plan out mm-hmm. um we we traveled to a place and we we would get a guidebook and then I would be the one reading the guidebook and telling everyone about the facts. But, (laughs) but it's like self, like, you know, when you do that and your parents are like, wow, she's amazing. She's the one doing the map. Wow. She's the one you're like, well, I guess I'm doing a good job. I guess I am bringing value to this trip. But then it snowballs because they're like, oh, look at the skill we have just (laughs) in our vehicle. We don't even have to hire anyone. We don't need the headphones when we tour the yeah Louvre. yeah yeah that's we that's, have angela yeah i don't know it's very interesting you know it's funny the the we were just we just found some home videos recently okay and i've been translating them to be digital and one of them was uh we we're like in a music like a museum or a temple thing in china and i you just catch a moment where I guess we've been lost for a while and I'm the one navigating this little map and and it's a really big uh, place. So we've been lost for a while trying to find something or other, maybe just finding our way out. It's like really, really hot. So everybody's done, like frustrated, flustered, like just down and, um, you know, no air conditioning, just all outside. We've been there all day. And I think we finally like had enough so in the in the video we were just like looking around completely lost looking and uh and my dad made like this lightest comment like like oh like you took us the wrong way like even that (laughs) is too strong like it was it was the lightest thing ever and i'm just like i just like turn off i'm like you know what like i don't care anymore i just go like i can see me like i usually am very closed like hanging out with my parents i'm like the third (laughs) like i I didn't act like a kid as a I acted like a kid, but in certain moments, you know, I'm, I'm very yeah. um, adult oriented and wanting to yes. spend time with the adults. And uh, and at that point, I just went to hang out with my sister, with Alex. Mm-hmm. And we were watching the video and I thought it was so funny. And I was telling my dad, I was like, you know, like, you know, poor me, like, yeah. look at me. And he felt so guilty. And then he's, you know, I'm sorry. Like we put like the way you're describing it. Exactly. Now, so we think he, he's like... So something like that, you know, we put too much on you because you were little and I and and then I felt so guilty for making a joke about it because I'm I just think it's funny, like, you know, to see myself the you know, have this time capsule, right? Where I yeah. can see like you can see not just the 
smiles that you see in the photos but like the really like the family dynamic through all kinds of ups and downs right and like when we're bored and we're having fun and yeah anyways um so i i felt bad that he felt bad about it but i didn't I, I, even looking at it i wasn't like actually judging this is a bad thing it's yeah. just like oh we are all humans i don't know it was just funny i think being in his shoes now yeah I can say that he probably felt the guilt before you said it. Yeah. And maybe he was triggered when you said it. Um, but yeah, I definitely know exactly what he was feeling. Fast forward a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, where did you start high school? Where were you when you started high school? Where was I? I was in New Brunswick. Oh, wow. I didn't know you lived in New Brunswick. <laughs> you didn't? No. The Wikipedia article. Even Wikipedia say. left that out. <laughs> I'll tell you, you didn't know I lived there? No. Yeah, that's where I did high school and a uh, little bit of middle school. Well, And then, so at some point in high school, you switched schools? Yes, for my last year, which is super. <laughs> and where did you go? <laughs> to near Toronto. It's called Mississauga. Okay. And a bigger school? Bigger city school. Okay, bigger city school. So... What uh, Ad, or what Alex was telling me is you went from this, she made it sound like this rural, uh, <laughs> yeah. small town Total. school, high school, yeah. uh, and then partway through your final year, is that correct? For the final year. Okay, so for the, the final summer. year, you moved to a brand new high school, mm -hmm. a private high school in a big city, and uh, you still were valedictorian. That's... That is, I I suppose that's a fact. Okay. <laughs> it is a fact, but not the thing I'm proudest of. Okay, this is good. About high school. Because, I mean, that was just great. It's like, I was always a good student. And yeah. that year was the hardest year of high school for me because, uh, because it was really competitive. Mm -hmm. And just the style of, like, testing and everything was much more rigorous mm -hmm. so um and i didn't want to let my grades slip right so i wanted the grades that i'd had in new brunswick yeah. uh in the like slightly more casual environment and and just that more so like this the structure that i was already used to uh, i wanted to keep the grades but in this very different environment so it was it was it was tough but it's not it was it was just grades like i was used to grades but as a valedictorian, so to become valedictorian, it's not just grades, correct? Like, no, it's is just it, is grades. There, is it? <laughs> it's just grades. I don't yeah, know. Don't, I never came to close to it. More, don't give me more credit. No, but I will tell you the thing that was uh, very crazy that okay. happened. It's like, okay, I'm very, like, we've talked about this before, but like, I'm very, I rise to the challenge that's put in front of me. Yeah. And general I when when i'm when it's put to me like i have no choice okay uh, but i don't seek these challenges i don't make these things up for myself i don't raise my hand when nobody's asking me to i'm trying to work on okay. that um but that's just like a trend through my life so whenever i i i, I tend to be like kind of timid and, and step you know back from the limelight kind of thing but then i look back at these examples where i'm like hey i did that that was crazy and that i you know don't often think about that but every time i think about moving high school moving high schools the biggest thing is my yearbook experience oh so in new brunswick in grade nine i don't know you had to like know the person that knows the person that selects who's going to be the yearbook editor and there's a yearbook editor in every grade 
and oh. so or maybe there's a couple but they select you in grade nine which is the first year and i'm very slow at these things so okay. i'm like where's math class you know like that's my concern right now i totally yeah. miss that if even there's an announcement or something i don't know how these decisions get made but i've always kind of wanted to be like an editor type okay. thing so i mean when i was a kid maybe still but anyways don't delete it anyways um in grade nine um this decision was made and so other people including one of my very best friends were the yearbook editors and then that's it like you never get a chance to try out to be part of it their team doesn't get any bigger that's the team so oh, if wow. you were the editor in grade nine you moved to be the editor in grade 10 and so on until grade 12 right very political so uh, yeah right <laughs> very close system so i was always kind of mildly like oh i wish i had done that you know a little bit of regret whatever but when i moved to grade 12 like to this new school yeah. it was like we are gonna have like open uh, applications anybody that wants to be in the yearbook and i said nah it's like this is cool i can yeah. try it out to be something so i signed in to be a whatever i don't even know if you got to pick your position but i just wanted to be a part of it yeah and it turns out nobody in grade 12 had signed up to participate in the yearbook that year and the people that were basically for some reason it was like a brand new team like nobody had any experience in this in this batch of people that okay. had signed up and so biggest of my seniority <laughs> which just came from being grade 12 and uh and 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 that and that nobody else uh, had any the the yearbook teacher asked me do you want to be like in charge of the yearbook like oh, be wow. like the head editor whatever it's called of the yearbook and because i'm like well i see the logic of the situation yeah. <laughs> i see that there's no obvious other choice and i'm curious enough that okay i guess i have no choice like no choice and you know i take on every challenge presented i'll to try me. it i'll take it so i was excited um and then it was like being in a new school and you don't like i guess there was no set pattern but you have no set pattern to follow and um and and it was it was a big challenge like the team was all new right so, mm -hmm. so i was training myself on the software training everyone as yeah. well on the software and like learning and uh, and having like also figuring out how we could do something kind of original that hadn't been done before in the, in the yearbook and, and in the end we did it ah surprise <laughs> we got the yearbook out it really was a surprise there's many more moments where we thought it wouldn't happen <laughs> but um but but we got so many compliments and then you know some people very nice kind people said like oh this is the best yearbook and and we've had and it made me very happy to have done that that's i'm glad you shared that because some one of the things that alex said uh, regarding the valedictorian thing mm -hmm. is it's a testament to how lovable and humble <laughs> and amazing angela is that she can go from just in one year to being not known at all to being the person that everybody loves to be around and the story you just told about even the yearbook i think highlights the same thing is that here's this brand new person never seen her around in school before we need someone to make this yearbook for us and angela is the obvious choice it's just it's very i don't know it's amazing it's just, to highlight that it's just happenstance i don't <laughs> know i think great, you're hard on yourself but but it was a really cool experience like it's one of the things that i look back and it's like oh it's a good thing to remind me I can do stuff like yeah. I can do stuff I haven't done before. It's sometimes it's good to have those reminders. <laughs> That's a good reminder because often we, I don't know, as I, I feel like as I grow older, mm. 
I have a lot of voices telling me I probably can't do something or I shouldn't do something. But it's those, when I look back, those stories that kind of push me towards it. And there's so many things you do that uh, are incremental. Like you start out being a beginner and then you learn how to make get a little better and then somebody else teaches you something else to make it a little better and then you bring your own ideas and your own experience and you optimize and it's it's the best like you can't you don't even realize how good you've gotten compared to when you started but then that means you don't give yourself credit for it exactly so it's it's cool to have examples for yourself of things that like was a big delta because because those feel like things are you, you always feel like you can well you can do th- something that you already do a little better uh and it's easy for your life kind of to take you down that path people yeah. ask you to do things that they know you can do well mm-hmm. and so you get better at them but you don't really notice it's Un- unless it's a big step but looking back it's easy to see looking back yeah yeah which causes us to always look back what which do you think what, what's what's your biggest delta step that oh, good comes question. to mind um i wasn't prepared for that question <laughs> it's okay if nothing comes to mind and no pressure about the biggest so anything. i think it's recently uh-huh. in my career in the last 10 years um i have not found passion at all in it i've always felt like there's something in me that's kind of screaming to get out that i've kind of i've held it down because i need to fit this mold of like the career i chose and that is it's creativity and i've like as a kid i played the piano and i was i was good at it and my parents saw a lot of um like skill and my piano teacher saw a lot of potential in it but then as i grew um it wasn't really the thing that my friends were doing so i kind of I said, okay, everyone's playing soccer. I'm going to stop playing piano so that I can focus on soccer and riding my bike and playing with my friends. And that kind of continued into high school. Um, I discovered I was good at subjects like math and science. And most people who are good at math and science go into engineering. So I followed the crowd into engineering. Uh, I did engineering. Most people graduate engineering and go and work for uh, an engineering firm. So that's what I did. Um, and then most people in the engineering firm, they like to move up the ladder and they do what they have to do to move up the ladder. And that's what I tried to do. And it took me until very recently to realize that I'm pulling, I, I used this metaphor explaining it to Laura. I'm pulling this rock, this boulder up a mountain, and I don't even want to be on the mountain. And lately I've just been like any inkling of something creative that I can do I just jump on it because I want to in the past I've thought well I can't like that's not going to do anything for me Mm -hmm. it's not going to pay the bills to do that so why bother but now I'm I've kind of put that aside and I've allowed myself to like dive into everything that sparks some sort of creativity or joy in me and I feel like in the last, I want to say, a year or six months, I've completely transformed and I'm finding this passion. Like, I don't know if you know this, but I sang in a music, like a music recital what? Uh, <laughs> three weeks ago See? outside See? in a park, like in front of all these people. And that was the Delta for me. How? Standing on that stage yeah. was terrifying. And I was watching like, 
it was funny because I was, I'm 33. I was sitting the next oldest person in this recital was probably 16, maybe. And then it was like 10 year old, 10 year old, 10 year old, (laughs) eight year old. So that sparked some weird feelings in me. And then I was terrified of judgment as we all are Mm -hmm. for some reason. Um, but standing on that stage afterwards, watching people's reactions to what I just did, that I think is the most recent and the biggest Delta that I can think of because I'm this, I I let loose like this completely different person. That's huge. So, so that's like, I, I mean, that's, that's it, right? Like anything that you are a little bit nervous about, you can now look back and be like, well, you did that. Yeah. And the only thing that got me through that was I sung to Laura at our wedding. Mm -hmm. And in my head, I was saying, if I can sing to 60 of my closest friends and family live, then I should be able to sing in front of a bunch of eight-year-olds and their parents that I don't know. (laughs) But yet I was still terrified. It's probably the scaredest I've been in a long time. Possibly ever. How did this happen? Uh, I've been wanting to sing... And take like singing lessons for, oh God, probably 15 years. And I said no to myself for a long time. And at one point I, I just, you, you find things you align with and that causes you to feel it even worse when you don't align with something, if that makes mm-hmm, sense. Mm-hmm. Like your, your low is so much lower when you're not aligned with it because you've seen what it feels like to be aligned. And I got to this point where I said, enough, like I, I love this and I'm going to do it and I don't care what anyone says. And for a while I didn't tell anyone. Laura was the only person who knew that I was doing singing lessons. Um, again, my fear of criticism, but I just said I have to. And I had signed up for improv lessons the year before that. And I loved it. Um, here we are doing a podcast. So I'm just saying yes to every kind of spark of creativity. And it feels, it feels like this is what aligns with me. So do you feel any kind of pressure on yourself to like make something out of these things? Yes, very much. Do you feel pressure to go like specialize, uh, you know, the branching out and like a lot of things, do you feel pressure to say, okay, I need to pick one or something like that? I've had those thoughts quite a bit. Like I'm doing so much now, focus on something. I've written like kids books and <laughs> do I focus on that? Do I focus on the singing? And then there's always the, the thought that I like, I would do anything to get rid of this thought is, can I make money doing this? Mm-hmm. And I like every time that thought comes to my mind, the joy is gone. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm very now cognizant and I'm trying to separate myself from that thought because all I want now is to give joy to everybody I interact with, um, to bring light into every room I enter. And I felt like when I was on stage singing in my little recital, I could see the like the joy on people's faces. And it didn't matter that I wasn't making money in this recital. There's no talent scouts out in the crowd waiting to give me their business card because <laughs> never I sung so well. But 
as soon as I'm able to separate myself from that, I think the product I create is amazing. Um, but I can definitely see when I'm not able to separate myself mm -hmm. and the product is not amazing. Mm -hmm. So it's something I've, I'm going to be working on for a long time, I think. So I don't know. That's a long winded answer to a really I good question. I have so many, like I have like five questions. I'm just writing them. Okay. Hit me. <laughs> see no, you okay. can write them down. Uh, I'm not like, uh, cause there's so many things I want to, to, to get your thoughts on this, but okay. One first i just want to share there's um somebody on tiktok that okay. said something that i thought was very wise um they said you know when we are kids we play like we understand the concept of play and we yeah. there's no pressure around and you just do stuff because it's fun and as adults it's like there's a concept of work and then there's the concept of hobbies and i relate so much to this that this idea that like You pick a hobby, maybe two hobbies maximum, and you commit to them for the rest of your life that these are your hobbies, you know, whether it's like golfing or knitting or playing the guitar, like you, mm. you pick something and you stick with it long term. And I've always felt the guilty, like the guilt that as an adult, I don't like it's almost like I prefer to have no hobbies because if I pick a hobby, then I should stick with it. And then there's so much pressure to like commit time and get better and and you know do it long term and so more what is she was describing was closer to my experience which is i do stuff for a little while and you know that the length of that while changes and then i move on to something else and then i move on to something else and yeah. it's never something that i get to be pro expert level at mm -hmm. But it's something that I enjoy. And and again, it's always like in the back of my mind, one day I'll pick a hobby. <laughs> one day I'll, I'll do a thing. Yeah. Uh, and But I really like the, the, the way you brought it together to just say like, that's that's just you playing as an adult. And like, it's the same thing. There's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's you're just, you're just enjoying your life. Like you're just enjoying many different aspects of life and of yourself. And, and that's, and that's totally fine. That's a good thing. So, so allow yourself to I, play. Yeah, I, I, I really that. liked. Uh, I really like that. Um, the, hmm. so I should to follow share this that, person. That's, I like that. <laughs> that's what I, you made me think of because that you're doing that. It probably sounds like in a lot more serious way, um, in in all kinds of different you know things that you're trying and and big challenges. They're not easy things that you're taking on, but that yeah, you can just do that. Like it doesn't have to become more than that in any of them until you want them to be. And then you just, just, you know, pick as you go kind of thing. Not like it has to be a charted path. Huh. That's what I'm curious. Like if you have a path that you're looking toward or if, but if not, that that's okay. okay and that like, too. just, just being okay with that and, and making that the thing is. is that's so is powerful. Just, good. just, this is the toy <laughs> I'm picking up today. This is, yeah, no pressure. Like oh, the other that. thing is like practice, right? Like the value yeah. of practice that, you know, I think we're all conscious of, but like the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. It doesn't have to have this weight of, of effort on it. It's just, you're having fun. And if it's fun to learn and if it's fun to get better, then you naturally will. And you're not on a timeline because it's not something that you have to deliver to a client or deliver to you know, a stadium where you're getting paid. Yeah. And it doesn't have to meet this minimum <laughs> this level of quality. Or... Nobody gets to tell you, you can't do it. You're not good enough. <laughs> like, you know, you're in a space where you have control over just playing. 
Well, that's such a powerful metaphor. I'm going to follow this person. I, if we could shout out I, their name, we would. I deleted TikTok <laughs> and it was a random video, oh, so no. I'm so sorry. But if that's anyone okay. knows. We'll, if you're listening, <laughs> amazing TikTok. Share that video. <laughs> Um, okay, so this is um, on the last question. Um, I asked Alex if there were big um, decisions to be made in your life and how you kind of approached them. And being the infinitely wise person she is, she said her response was, and I may butcher it, but I'll read it back after. Uh, it was along the lines of, up until now you've done, you've made most decisions with a thought of kind of what is what am I supposed to do in air quotes mm -hmm. what has been expected or what what's mm -hmm. what's the decision I'm supposed mm -hmm. to make now mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and now you've reached a point in your life where you get to kind of scratch the itches that you haven't said yes to before do you resonate with any of this at all totally totally yeah and I think uh you know the like the mastermind type work is 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 part of that for sure and i think it's also that combined with i don't know pandemic kind of perspective and combined with maybe like maturity and a certain level of experience in work like i've been working uh at my job same company for 10 years now 10 wow. 11 years and so that is a level of perspective where I don't know. I've been thinking it's like I could do this for I don't know what's retirement age Ever. thirty more yeah, years. <laughs> like it just yeah. I, I think when you when you like graduate, what you can look there's so much anxiety about like getting a job and getting the right job and then showing that you're good at your job and learning the things. And I'm saying anxiety for me it was also really fun. Like I I happened to have really gotten lucky and where I started working and it really lined up with the things that I enjoy doing and great people and everything so it wasn't a negative experience but there's a lot of like your focus is on that is on is is, is on the work and on getting better and showing you know that you can contribute and these kinds of things and then it's not that that is gone um it's that like it just you can kind of zoom out and say, oh, this is such a small part of life. Like, it's such a small part of the world. And, and who you are. And, and who you are as, as well. And so just being, just has made me a lot more conscious of my choices. Like, you have choices. And whether you pivot or not, whether you, whatever you choose to make is like that constant reminder that you're making a choice. You're making a choice to do this or, or not. Like, you know, you're think, t talking about your passions and... Yep. And then what I'm going to call like you're playing stuff versus your work and how your work you're less passionate about um, or not passionate about, depending how you would characterize yeah, it. Uh, but but if if adding the pressure of work to your play has an effect of making it not play anymore, then that's that's something to balance out right and then there's yeah. like where you're spending your time as well right because you really want to spend most of your time in the thing that you're not passionate about i don't know it's, it's a very tough question but yes i guess to answer your question i i do i do see that happening like um starting to think about what do i what do i want rather than what am i able to do yeah and uh how can i get there and and just like in general, being less 
fearful and and um part of that comes with like owning your power i guess and like and yeah. your your power as a as a person in the world that can like yeah i i think it's the world just seems so much more open now um i agree not, with that yeah yeah you think so? i agree with that and i don't know if it's a result of the two years of pandemic yeah. where everyone had time to sit at home and think about themselves but I do, for whatever reason, think, yeah, there's so much more opportunity. I do think the opportunity existed, mm-hmm. but for, for whatever sure. reason, we were blind to it. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. there are a select few, Alex is actually popping into my head, that were was able to see that. <laughs> They're like, guys, this is always... You could, yeah, <laughs> yeah, this was always there, guys. Mm-hmm. Like, you literally could have done whatever you wanted. And when I think about that, I don't know. I don't regret anything. But I do wish that I had that awareness earlier so that I could go kind of on a different branch and, and really dig into this creative creative side of myself. But I'm still young and I'm going to be young for a long time. So I try not to be too hard on myself. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like that, that, that's a I don't I think I was trying to get to a top and never completed of like you see the way you, you, you have like. Okay, I still speak for myself. So when I graduated and I went to work, it was, uh, I could see maybe like a five-year horizon, 10-year horizon felt far away. But somehow having overcome, you know, past those 10 years, now I see like 30 years down the line and it doesn't feel like, well, it feels silly to think you're going to be doing a single thing, like 30 years doing it. No, now that I've reached this point, I say, oh, well, it's definitely not going to be one single thing that I want to be doing. And there's not even going to be, like, yeah, sorry. It's not like, it's definitely not going to be this thing that I'm doing now for 30 years. And it's not even going to be one thing. Like, there's that's too long of a time to be to be thinking about a single thing. So, you know, it's, it's a crazy statistic. I don't know where it came from. Probably TikTok as well. But mm-hmm. uh, somebody was saying that the people, like, um, are saying that the future, like, generations, um, the standard will be that you'll have, this sounds like a crazy number. I'm pretty sure this is a, this is the right number that they said. It's 17 different careers that you're going to have oh, wow. in your lifetime. Sounds ridiculous, and so it's hard to believe. Maybe, maybe, who knows who came up with that number? But what is very believable is like much more than the past. You know, like like much in the past more. you would do like one mm-hmm. for the like maybe even one job. You know, your whole life was the yeah. standard, and I think more and more. It's not even realistic to have that because the world just keeps changing. So I, I'm happy for the younger generations if they're being told that story that like you're just going to pick the next thing that you do and then you'll pick another thing and like who knows where life will take you, you know, yeah, rather than this idea of like what what are you going to do in university? Like, what is your major going to be? Because this is going to define the rest of your life. Exactly. What are you going to call yourself for the next 60 years? Exactly. That's your identity, right? That's huge. You're right. That's a huge load to relieve from the younger generation. And maybe it's also redefining what is a career or what is, right? If you say, I'm going to have 17 different jobs, maybe it's because the definition of a job has changed. And I think, like, I just think of myself. I've done, I'm doing probably five things at the same time that I can list right now. Yeah. Only one of them is paying the bills, but they all feel equally as important now. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what the job is. Maybe it doesn't come with a paycheck 
or maybe it does if you maybe it does but but, do but well it definitely it like the paycheck or not it's definitely can become part of your identity yes right? i agree with that like i can say now or in two months when the book gets published i can say i'm an author when somebody asks me what i do and i don't have to like i've for a long time i've fallen into this if people ask me about myself i tell them what i do i don't mm-hmm. tell them about myself I don't tell them who Trevor is. I just tell them what my job is because that's the quick answer. And probably what they're expecting. Exactly. You know, that yeah. Like we've just built that expectation. What do you do? Let's talk and about work. Yeah. What do you do means not like on the weekend. Mm-hmm. That would be, but we should standardize that. Like, I agree what do with you that. do? Like, I, I enjoy shopping. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do I you do outside <laughs> of your day job? Yeah. That's interesting. But that's it. That's really the... I have some like rapid fire questions on my phone. You want to hit them? Sure. Or are we out of give time? Me some. Eh, give me some rapid fire. Okay. <laughs> See what that's like. The proudest you've been of someone else. Whoa. Um, Alex comes to mind because, okay. uh, because as you mentioned, uh, this is... I think it's just the proudest of Venice like her, her whole life. Like it's just... Uh, amazing to me like the way she thinks is so so different from me Mm -hmm. like so courageous and so brave and so intentional um like just completely fearless but then the fact that she makes things happen like one thing that has always stuck with me is a silly example compared to things that she's done but uh for some reason really stuck is she it's kind of like similar to the yearbook editor thing okay she joined uh, she was at univ- in university we were in university of calgary together and uh but she just had this idea i want to be i want to write for the paper uh so that i can get into concerts for free and like write about the concerts oh wow like it's such a random thought she mm-hmm. hadn't done anything like that before and this is like a university level thing like yeah. i just it would never occur to me and then next thing you know she, that's what she's doing and she's attending like all the major festivals around around oh the city God. and uh you know with a press pass and and writing in it writing articles in the paper to to save her experience and there's a couple of things there there is like just something different she should know she's good at it because she's a good writer really good writer but still no like experience in that area right to say yeah. that you're going to do it to have the confidence that you'll do a good job to have the confidence that or um trust that it'll happen like people will accept you into that world yeah. is another one and then just like the, the the direction of it where it's not like she wants to be an editor for a newspaper it's not like she wants to be a journalist it's just an idea she had about something she would that would be cool to both enhance like her her experience and and even for fun because yeah. she'll get to go to concerts right yeah. and and the, like those three things are things that would be really difficult for me to like why are you why would you even think like i would if the idea and ent- it would enter and leave so quick <laughs> my brain because like oh that's a silly idea <laughs> you just immediately think of why it's silly i immediately think like oh, then i guess i must make this my job yeah. like then i guess i'm going to become be a I journalist like <laughs> and then I, you know she did it and then she was done when she was done and that was it 
Um, oh, wow. But she just carries that in general. And it's, I always, I always t- quote that example back to her because that's how she lives her life. She says, you know, now I'm going to be in LA, in LA where she is and, and I'm going to enter this industry that I haven't worked in and then mm-hmm. I'm going to have this type of job. And even when... The, yeah, I don't know the the evidence for me it's like you know it's like the evidence of what you've done yeah. is what tells you what you can do yeah there there's no she doesn't take any stock in that so that doesn't exist for her she's uh she's a big inspiration in that department because I think wow and it's yeah I think the tough thing is separating it from like she and her lucky stars versus she makes that happen yeah right? she chooses the stars yeah yeah I I couldn't agree more. Your this is selfish. This is a hundred percent selfish question. Um, your opinion of me before and after you met me, and the reason I ask is because you, I think, were the closest to Laura while we were in that kind of what do you call that phase of pre-dating, kind of seeing each other and crushing on each other. The, the flirty phase. The flirt yeah. phase. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you were at that moment the closest to her mm-hmm. in res um and i was all i've always been curious as to what what opinions had been made of me before <laughs> you got to meet me well <laughs> i don't know <laughs> okay this is this is not going live so that's I fine can, Honesty. I, can, I can speak um let's let's like remember so mostly I was the, I feel like the mother figure of of Laura's life in that moment, because I was like, you're doing what? You're going with who? (laughs) And uh, does someone else know about this? Not, not like it was implied, but I was like, "Mm, this is, this is, are you, are you making good choices? (laughs) Kind of thing. But at the moment that, and she was so happy, like she was giddy all the time uh, about like, you know, topics around you. Um, what I felt was this poor guy. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> like this poor guy, because, you know, she, I, she was in something that I thought would be like stable. And so mm-hmm. I thought, you know, she's just like, she's just playing with this guy. Like not, not intentionally, but like, yeah, like, like she's, she's having a moment of stress <laughs> and, and this guy, clearly is going to be interested in her because i think she's the sun and and the moon and so like you know guys guys uh, would be lining up and so i thought but she's giving this guy uh you know signs that this is this is a real thing and and so i was like oh this is this is not gonna be good so i think i was more worried about you than i was about, about anyone else in the situation um and then and then when when uh I think what 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 well I remember meeting you. Okay. Um, I don't remember what my impression was. I thought you were very funny. Oh, thank you. But I thought you were very cool. Like you were much cooler than I expected you to be again because I had made you up to be this victim. Oh yeah. In in my head, it's like you were you were in for some hurt. <laughs> well, thank you for calling me cool because that you're, you're probably cool. the only person who's ever <laughs> called me cool. cool in my life. So. I've waited 33 years to hear that, so thanks. And then you just made her so happy. So then I then I changed my mind. Then I felt and you knew. bad for it someone was, else. Yeah, <laughs> I no longer feel bad for this sucker. I like that. So the opinion wasn't of me. It was for me almost. It was for you. You felt yeah. for me. There, that's another good example of your personality. <laughs> what kind of people or personality characteristics are you 
do you gravitate towards? Sincere people. I love it. I have been thinking about this recently. Like I, both in the sense of um, admiring them because I think it takes a lot of courage to be yourself. And I think I have a good, um, I don't know, lie detector. I can, I can. I think you do too. I can feel, uh, at least I, 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 my own interpretation of people's uh, sincerity. Um, so I don't, uh, I, I love people and learning about them and, mm -hmm. and, and I have no judgments because I'm a person too and yeah. I understand how, how messed up it is. Uh, but I, I, I don't like to waste my time with fakeness, I guess. It's yeah. not, it's not really a judgment. It's just like, uh, eh, I'm not, I'm not here for that. I don't know. Yeah. What kind of energy do I want in my life? Yeah. And it could be like really nice people or really, um, or, or really like mean people. I don't know. Like it, it, yeah. there's, there's, there's nothing about like the, the way that uh, you are, as long as I feel you're being fake and it, I totally understand. You could just be being fake with me. You could be a very sincere person with others, but yeah. then that relationship is not going to go very far. So. I agree. Wow. Good answer. Um, a reoccurring dream that you have. I had a dream that I've been debating if I should tell you about this. Not reoccurring okay. dream. It's not re it sounds like I want to hear it. So let's hear it. So you told me about a dream you had, and I don't know if that like subconsciously made me have a dream okay. related to you guys okay but all i'm gonna say how do you feel about the name anna i like it <laughs> because anna. all i want to say is i was meeting anna and she was like the most adorable oh my god <laughs> i'm not ready ever. for an anna and there were like there were brothers playing with anna and it was super fun and then i woke up and i was like hmm, should i tell you oh my god now it's out there it's out there it's, it's uh, being manifested i, I, I realize I, I have too much power by by telling you about this but anyways oh i love happened. that okay anna we will keep everyone posted on <laughs> the whereabouts of anna uh last question where do you do your best singing i don't sing ever at all. well karaoke I, okay. I love karaoke, but nobody ever takes me to do karaoke. But you've got to like, you've got to be like vacuuming and humming a song at the same time. No. In the car, do you sing along on the radio? Oh, I do sing to my dogs all the time. Perfect. Um, I wouldn't count it singing, but I make up songs. That I sing okay. Because I have a theory that everybody does <laughs> yeah. at some point in their day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's. You did amazing. That was a lot. So we have to do another episode. We do too. have to do another one. And what I have. What I can confirm is being your interviewee is great. So oh. you are ready to interview people amazing. <laughs> and stamp that. Okay. I think you uh, will be an amazing <laughs> co-host. And how do you feel it went? Like, we were both pretty nervous going into this. How do you feel now? Pretty good. Pretty <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. My, my, uh, my, I don't know anything. The pressure to say something of value mm -hmm. is is still like there in the like oh, in really? the recording, not in the in the moment. Like okay. the, so, the good thing is the experience of actually doing it. Very nice, like yeah. chill, easy. Loved it. Good. Just talking, like time flew by. Perfect. I think, uh, yeah, this is like I a time warp. Here. It's four thirty. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, the 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 pressure of like 
now there's a recording here and we have to put it i mean not this one because we already said it's going to be yeah uh dumped but the yeah the i think that will be interesting when we're like okay now we can publish this is our first podcast and invite people to listen to it this is one where i'm like eh. <laughs> that's interesting because i've i also felt the pressure of saying mm -hmm. something of value i like mm -hmm. how you worded that um as the interviewer i felt pressure to ask good questions and yes, as yes. i was asking questions i was thinking is this the right question <laughs> so man we got to work See? on the pressure we put on ourselves See? i want to read you the text from alex okay wow this is how long it is. Holy. So she did literally write. I this told her she so wrote Wikipedia the intro article. to the podcast. So here it goes, okay? Um, I, she started with, I'm just going to give you like some highlights and try to tie examples to them. So something to know about Angela is that she has always, always been very smart, very dutiful, and very generous. She's had a lot of responsibility in our family as an eldest daughter and as a big sister, and she's so good at it. Sometimes I wonder if she was born a little adult or if she had to grow up too fast, but to me, she's the only person in the world who has it together, in brackets, even when she doesn't. We did a ton of traveling growing up, and even at age like 12, Angela was always in charge of planning the routes. She was our GPS before GPS. Which meant she got the co-pilot seat in the car while I was straight chilling in the back. <laughs> now she has now she can make extremely thorough travel itineraries, and I have absolutely zero sense of direction. She'd read the guidebooks out loud to us when we toured places, which is interesting because you said that even without being prompted. Um, when we toured places, and I'm sure she had a hand in planning a lot of what we'd see and do. Angela went from like a rural small town high school to a private big city high school her senior year and still graduated valedictorian, which I'm sure would have pissed off the competitive nerdy kids who had been there the whole time, but it didn't because she's too good and humble and lovable. Uh, I think the big decision time moments are really just starting for her in a very exciting way. Like, she's done everything she was, in air quotes, supposed to do. And now she can start to explore any itch for what could be next. Ooh. I like this teaser. Yeah. <laughs> I want to watch the next episode. So I do, too. <laughs> that was so generous. So I Thank you, Alex. That was... She's the best. She's this is why this is the only tattoo I have is is for our, our sisterhood and she was saying she's gonna get another tattoo well she has two already but anyways i've said no i'm i'm only one you're pausing <laughs> there's, her there's only too. one thing and it's her that's amazing yeah. that's again like your two relation that relationship you guys have together is unmatched because we were each other's only friends because we keep getting moved around oh <laughs> so. we're starting another episode now this is yeah, a whole nother topic that's it that's just that's it that's the answer <laughs> okay i gotta write that down for when we see, interview alex just gotta... that's good awesome that was so much fun thank angela thank you trevor thank you that was uh i feel better you know last thought okay the questions i'm sure like have to get uh easier based on the conversation like i think it's this this is like the toughest one yes. because it's like what does one of these conversations look like what are the 
what are the best parts what are the mm-hmm. things to dig into and uh yeah I, look I think forward, you're right. I look forward to more. If you'll me have too. Me. Well, at least the one. Oh my where god! I you're not you. a guest. You are a host of this project. <laughs> the one where I interview you. Stay tuned. Okay. Bye, Angela.